folks here we go it's almost new year's seven six five four three two one happy Happy new year Year! wow feels good new year's danny we've got all of 2024 ahead of us minus the 12 days that have come before a <laughs> leave it to a current events podcast to mm. get the scoop on new year's eve two weeks late this is a current events podcast and as such we are going to be celebrating new year's day on the 12th <laughs> just don't keep your kids up to wait for the movies for when new year's ball to drop <laughs> they're gonna miss some school <laughs> drops at 4 a.m on friday morning <laughs> the next week (laughs) (laughs) hell yeah well welcome back everybody to movies for when sorry for yet another hiatus that was kind of the theme of the year this year was uh we got too busy and had shit to do it's gone are the days of three movies a week and danny and i recording past like one o'clock in the morning once a week on work nights that's (laughs) that's in the past now leave that in 2022 Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, but but I think we should both agree to a New Year's resolution to not move all year and dedicate the time we would have spent moving to our podcast. There was a lot of moving involved. So uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to make that promise, but you know, this is why we have such good friends to also record with. Looking back, True. we recorded with some really good friends again this year. I think just two, but who can, who's counting? Who can count friends, you know? Not us. <laughs> Sounds like numbers to me. Um, hey, speaking of numbers, Denny, this is the... No, I didn't have a transition there. This is the final <laughs> episode of the series. Final episode of the... We'll call it the fiscal year. The <laughs> <laughs> the last the last episode, normal episode, before our third annual Granny Awards. And folks... Granny Awards, that can only mean one thing. It's going to be time to vote very soon. I think by the time this episode airs, we're going to have our poll ready for everyone to vote for their favorite this and that. Leave us some cues for us to A, all that sort of thing. So we'll have something in the description for you so you can, uh, yeah, let your feelings be heard and help us dish out some awards this year. The Grannies are coming soon. Couldn't be more excited. At the end of this episode, we're going to be drafting our Best Picture nominees based on the stuff we reviewed this year. You know how it works, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, buddy boy, we've got to wrap up this uh, this here series, Movies for Win. Color is overrated. Indeed. You, I'm, are you glad we extended this by one episode? Because I'm personally a big fan of this idea. 
I really am, yeah. And, like, quite frankly, if it uh, weren't for just, you know, the need to uh, spice things up uh, in the new landscape of our of our new season, season four, um, I, I could personally extend it a few more weeks. I have loved uh, getting in touch. I, I always love black and white movies, especially classic ones. Uh, I, I've been a big fan of this theme, and uh, I think our audience was, too. That was, we got a lot of engagement about these movies, and uh, that's why we... We just couldn't pick just one audience pick, you know? Yeah, I feel you. Uh, yeah, it's... Every once in a while, there's, like, a poll that goes up that's so good. We have to do the winner, and we feel a little bit bad about leaving most of the rest out. But this one, we had to at least do one more. Mm-hmm. It's fair. It's our podcast. There are no do whatever the Yeah, no masters. Yeah, that's right. We. Oh, us, us the masters, Denny. Us the masters. Of our own destinies, sure. That's yeah. right. I gotta agree with that. Uh, well, thank you. Speaking of our destinies, Denny, speaking of other movies, black and white, or otherwise, I want to get into the stuff we've been watching since the last time we spoke. And mm-hmm. I'll go first, but I will do a movie. I'll go through my list, but my first one is going to be one that we both saw. Um, Ooh. Speaking of current events, Denny. Current events? It's a movie we both saw that did not feature Bone Saw, but did feature wrestling. I watched The Iron Claw. Yeah, I did too, yeah. It was more than three minutes of playtime. Uh, it's three minutes of cry time. <laughs> Let's go, baby. <laughs> I wish I could have kept it to three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think of The Iron Claw, man? I, I it, This was a movie made for you. You see mm-hmm. the A24 logo and, like, stellar actors, a movie about professional wrestlers from the 70s and 80s that are from the town that we have both spent time in significantly. Mm-hmm. How is this not just tailor-made? Huh? Hey-o! Uh, Denny tailor-made. What'd you think? How'd you, how'd you feel with it? Um, I, I, I came away with uh, mostly positive takes. Um, I, I really, I felt like for the first half of the movie, I was like, this is the magic that made me fall in love with wrestling. You know, like, mm. they, they've, like, really, they've really captured uh, just atmospherically, visually, uh, just the feel of what what a rush watching wrestling was to me growing up, you know, and what and just how how cool it all felt and uh the second half of the movie i uh i thought uh captured you know the 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 cd underbelly that has always been present in pro wrestling and i i think you you can't really show one without the other and call it a fair story you know um and um you know uh, it's not a documentary and, it, and I have the same issues I have with all biopics uh, with it. They, yeah, I mean, they left out a whole Von Eric brother. Um, like, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I did think, uh, obviously it's, it's a little revisionist uh, to, you know, overlook some negative qualities of the Von Eric boys as well. Um, Cause that's what biopics tend to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, uh, and, you know, but at the end of the day, I felt that, um, the movie really worked on an emotional level for me. And and I think that's what it was designed to do. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't, you know, there, there were times when I was like, this might be better than the wrestler, you know, like, and then, uh, okay. 
But by the end of it, I was like, no, this really isn't even in the same league of The Wrestler, but it is a very good movie for what it is. I think when we talked about The Wrestler, we made it, or you made it abundantly clear that there was a huge divide between The Wrestlers up here, all other wrestling media is like way down here. There's no like just solid good things kind of in between yeah. those two fields. You You kind of put it in there maybe towards like a little bit above that average difference yeah I think. I'd, I'd say it's I'd, I'd call it better than solid um but uh yeah I, I think that's ballpark where we're looking for um finally just good wrestling content <laughs> good enough it's good <laughs> enough we're so fucking happy uh half the time wrestling itself is bad let alone ancillary content <laughs> um but uh i you know i i'm a homer for this kind of stuff i would love to hear uh as someone who has uh, been exposed to wrestling by yeah. uh, loving several fans what what was your take on the movie going into it my understanding was the less you know about the von eric family the better or maybe like the more you'll enjoy the movie and guess what for i i didn't know jack shit about these guys oh that's not fair I you, did not. Know you had a right to know what you were in for, man. Oh my god! <laughs> I could have looked, but I didn't want to spoil the movie. It, yeah, it's yeah. it was insane to me that I didn't know who these guys were, even though I lived in the town they're from for years, mm -hmm. right? So <laughs> yeah, and I have like so many pro wrestling fan friends. Maybe they should have come up, but uh, that's not negligence on your part. There's other stuff like Orange Cassidy to get to, so I get it. I get it, but. I thought it was really good. I think a lot of those emotional parts, maybe those gaps you were feeling, I didn't notice because I didn't know the story, of course. Mm -hmm. I I think my main issue with the movie is it felt like about 90% of the dialogue was there for the purpose of explanation. Mm -hmm. yeah. It felt like most of the words being spoken were to inform the audience rather than endear the audience or like build character in certain places but they were like it's especially with the dad sorry to say i love that actor but um yeah <laughs> he was a bit of an exposition fountain so <laughs> but like the scenes especially with the wrestling i was just immediately engaged with some of the every time the movie was quiet or sitting in a moment i was really feeling it you know when there were no words being spoken i'm like this is fucking beautiful yeah i don't know i feel like maybe the dialogue let it down a little bit but i still came away thinking this was a solid feature glad to have learned something about these guys however you know biopic tinted glasses may have led me to believe things were better or worse than they actually were i mean i'd say you get the gist of it from seeing this movie you know like they, mm -hmm. they in in spirit uh i i think they got it and i think you could say you have a pretty good understanding of the von eric's history just from watching the iron claw you know and it's not perfectly accurate and i would hope that anyone who knows they're watching a narrative movie understands that if they you know want to really know they should probably read about it from multiple sources but mm -hmm. <laughs> but um yeah you know it's, it was good you know and i don't think either of us really uh, we don't like biopics i i know 
I personally take issue with the existence of the genre, you know. Um, yeah. You know, and so we got we got a little close. One of the brothers was playing a little too much music, but <laughs> we almost had a musical. I, I, scene, I was like, God, I hope he doesn't do drugs and almost ruin it for the band before rallying and putting on one a final show in Madison Square Garden <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. We almost had a musical biopic on our hands, but thank God. Yeah, we we. It was honestly kind of weird that that scene happened by the end of the movie because it was actually kind of out of place. <laughs> oh shit! Well, I'm I'm glad it was our first venture out into the theaters for a while, so mm-hmm. <sighs> that was a good time. Uh, continuing down my list, I'll go kind of quick. We had a bit of a long hiatus, so uh, we watched Shrek. That was a fun little trip down memory lane. I can't even tell you how many times I've seen Shrek. You kidding me? One of the best forever lost episodes of movies for when i was gonna say i was gonna say it's on the lost episode yeah it will never be released because it it has disappeared into the actually uh or it was never actually created i have two-thirds of the audio um i don't know who on earth would be interested in listening to three hours of an incoherent conversation with a third uh, person who isn't there (laughs) but uh but was if we have the uh it's not completely lost media in some ways it could be restored but i don't think anyone cares myself included so it it shouldn't be (laughs) anyone asking for this straight to jail um yeah shrek is good uh the other movie i watched it's a netflix original movie old dads and i'll read my all caps lock note here Uh uh-oh cancel culture is gonna eat my family so um didn't like that one very much uh my my in-laws were in town and they're pretty much down to watch whatever whenever they're the best and for new year's eve we watched home alone 2 lost in new york we did Home Alone for uh, our Christmas watch, my wife and I, so we did Home Alone 2 with her parents. Suck brick, kid. That movie fucking rocks. I really like it. I think it's pretty much as good as the first one. But uh, I think I watched that one more as a kid. I don't think we owned the VHS for the first one, or if we did, it was like recorded on ABC, and there's mm-hmm. like, you know, commercials kind of interspersed in there here and there i think we missed like the first 10 minutes of the movie too so (laughs) home alone 2 was a little bit better for me all right uh the next thing we watch another netflix movie one that i think denny should watch it is may december Mm. with julianne moore natalie portman in her best role i think since black swan Ooh, she kicks ass both of those actors yeah they're both incredible it's like it's loosely based on a true case it's extremely interesting and go into it with the mindset of this critic or review I read full camp that's disguised as prestige oh it's yeah after you watch it you're like oh that was actually fucking hilarious (laughs) you don't really realize it (laughs) while you're watching just how funny that movie is but it it was great (laughs) okay I'm intrigued yeah I was kind of surprised by it um the last thing I watched 
This is a current events podcast, Denny, so I'll get into a new movie. I'm trying to finally catch up on the cinema of 2023 Mm -hmm. now that we're two weeks into 2024. This is just how I operate sometimes. I watched Saltburn. Have you heard of that one from the director? I've seen a lot of Oscar buzz about it. uh, Yeah. And uh, I don't know anything about it. So other than it sounds like it would hurt. (laughs) Boo! That was dumb. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Love you too. Uh, there were things about it that I loved. Uh, you can watch it on Amazon Prime, by the way, for free. It's the same writer-director as Promising Young Woman, which I think you saw. Yeah, I liked, I liked Promising Young Woman. Okay. I think I liked that one more than this one. Uh, some, mm, I'm going to bite my tongue as much as possible because there's a specific reason i don't like the movie and i don't want to get into it with anybody that hasn't seen it it's because it's so woke is that why oh yeah for sure uh (laughs) just so woke there's uh no just agenda shoved down my throat left and right uh geez louise uh no it is it's not that it's two specific things that i don't like that i can't talk about just yet until you see it i'll discuss with you privately i think it's very well made and if there's any Oscar buzz that I think it's worthy of, it's Barry Keegan's performance in the lead role. Love our little Irish goblin boy. He was one of the better part. Well, there are a lot of great parts, but he was one of the very good parts of um, Banshees of Inisherin. I knew you were going to do that. Uh, yeah, I, I like that actor a lot, and he was absolutely fabulous in this movie. But, oh, man. The more I thought about it, the less I liked it. And... I don't think that's too controversial of an opinion, but I'll happily discuss it with anybody that wants to talk about it. It sucked! Upon reflection. But I had a good time watching it. <laughs> For the most part. Anyways, so you've, Denny. You've watched, uh, I'm being you've watched two movies that hit different in the morning, essentially. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Talk about a New Year's feeling. Um... All right, Danny, what else uh, what did you watch besides The Iron Claw? Let's see. I uh, <clears throat> Not as many things as you would think um, because uh, I've been, you know, playing some video games and just doing other stuff. Uh, I just haven't had a ton of time to watch. Oh, and there's been a, like, fuck ton of wrestling on. That's the real reason I haven't watched that many movies. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so we're going back to before Christmas here. Uh, I watched Home Alone um, to, to pair with Home Alone 2. I am a... Uh, mm-hmm. I'm like the only person I know that actually really doesn't like Home Alone 2. Um, it just didn't work for me. Um, but I love Home well, Alone Well, that 1. sucks. Fantastic movie. Mm, uh, I never saw hurts. Home Alone 2 in childhood. I saw it, like honestly, like two years ago, I think. Um, and it's Tim Curry can funny. only get me so far. Uh, but it's very funny. <laughs> when he says, smile, and he takes a picture and Marv holds Joe Pesci's head and does a smile and pose for the camera fucking comedy gold he turns into a skeleton spoilers <laughs> so <laughs> but what what was that pigeon lady arc like it's like didn't we hey! do this with, with the scary old man next door but better didn't it's we the, already do this the whole movie is the same thing again i know that's, that's a sequel in the 90s no you you are you, gotta, you? I'm telling Denis Villeneuve you said that. Oh, yeah. Dune 2 is going to not continue on the story of Dune 1. Idiot. 
Dune 2 is not going to repeat the story of Dune 1, Dune Greg. 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Spice Boogaloo or whatever. Also, the probability of in-universe Dune 2 happening versus Home Alone 2 happening. You know, like, at least Dune 2 is organic. <laughs> oh no, we Duned again. <laughs> <laughs> we said we'd never Dune after last time. <laughs> Paul! God damn you, Paul Atreides. <laughs> You're back for another Dune. <laughs> I see you watch the trailer. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I I was told to go into it cold, but I just had to know how Dune happened again. <laughs> What's their excuse this time? <laughs> These Hollywood. I knew Dune ways. wasn't really dead at the end. <laughs> you can't just bring it back. No one's um, ever really Dune. All right. So. <laughs> no one's ever really Dune. I've missed you. I've missed uh, this. Oh. I've still um, been thinking off and on about Snow Country for Old Men, but I need you to interrupt me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, maybe for uh, maybe for my birthday next year. Um, I watched uh, in current events news. I watched uh, Poor Things. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the hit new movie that everybody's talking about from the director of the lobster your favorite yes. movie i uh i hate the lobster i know I, know I think that do. movie sucks ass um and i actually like learned that and then forgot it and then i saw it on the poster when i was walking into the movie and i was like god damn it i didn't want to come to this <laughs> <laughs> i meant not to see this <laughs> when i said when I bought the tickets, I meant ignore tickets. <laughs> I was like, this was that movie I said not to go to. Damn it. Um, and here I am. <laughs> I did I did really like the movie. Um, I thought it was really good. Um, you know, Willem Dafoe is, uh, you know, it, it, if someone can chew more scenery than Willem Dafoe uh, in a movie, you just gotta, at a certain point, admit that you respect the fuck out of Emma Stone as a performer, and here I am. Here I am, Greg. Here I am. Here he is. I'm an Emma Stone fan. Uh, God damn, is she good in this movie? Um, you know, there's. it's just a really, really uh, awesome allegory about, you know, femininity and womanhood and being sexualized, and I'm gonna let women speak to that, you know? Like, um, but I, I really But they're not it. allowed on this podcast. Hey, we passed the Bechdel test. That's true. I was gonna say, no, no, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in seeing poor things. I was vehemently against it uh, when I saw who was making it, but it's gotten enough positive buzz from people I trust that I'll, I'll probably check it out at some point. I expect it to be a lot better than Saltburn, so less disappointing current events, I think, are in my near future. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I like the movie. It's a great movie. Um, I think you should definitely go see it. It's, you know, a little bit artsy, as you might have anticipated. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I don't love artsy every day. Um, so, you know, I get in the mood for it sometimes. But I, this one, I think, would work for me any day. It's it's not mm -hmm. like, it's not inaccessible, you know. And I think the the allegory is, is pretty tangible, you know. It's not like you have to, like, wonder what happened in the movie really um it's it's a weird as fuck movie, okay though, so there's that <laughs> mm -hmm. don't 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 think that that's not a thing um continuing in current events i watched uh 
Netflix's 2023 film Dream Scenario starring Nicolas Cage. Is that on Netflix? I think it's Netflix. Get the I fuck out of here. Let I've been see. trying to watch that. I'm on Netflix I, right I, now. I watched it on something. Uh, oh, it's on IMDb. Just kidding. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, wait. No, it's not. I, I paid $20 you to watch it. I paid $20 yeah. to watch it. I forgot. Cause, if uh, this was on Netflix, I would have fucking known and watched it days before you. <laughs> no, yeah. I forgot. No, what I'm remembering is I thought it was on Netflix. <laughs> I wish it was. That's, that's what I thought it was. Um no, I, I paid 20 bucks because I was feeling it, and uh, the friends of the show, Abby and Ivy, were over, and we were looking for something cool to do. And, uh, yeah, Dream Scenario is a movie where uh, Nicolas Cage plays a dude who just shows up in everyone's dreams all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, obviously, that intrigue with – or that premise with that casting creates a lot of intrigue for me, um, and yeah. I'd assume you. and. Um, yeah. it's it's a really good movie. Um, it's it's a solid movie. Sorry, I'll downgrade it a little bit. Um, I'm in a really good mood. Is what I meant to say. Um, yeah, it's 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 a solid movie. Um, v- paced very weird. Um, paced very weird. Um, okay. Cynical about capitalism, which uh, which was kind okay. Of cool. um, I'm back. Uh, and allegorical you know type shit uh it's a dream movie they play on what's a dream and what's real obviously they're gonna do that with trippy stuff um i do think uh and this is just a personal taste thing uh the production design the the whole uh feel of the movie just didn't really work for me as a movie about dreams i i would have expected it to be uh Mm -hmm just a little more imaginative and a little more surreal and uh not everyone i watched it with felt that way and that's why i'm saying it's a personal taste thing um okay it it could work for a lot of people but um i thought it was solid um i don't think it's as uh it's as memorable as i hoped it would be based on again premise and casting um Mm -hmm. but it's it's a decent movie and you know nicholas cage gives it his all in uh what's certainly uh at times a more grounded performance from him uh and it, it's cool to uh you know and and what's what's a you know definitely i think we could call at this point a career revival for nick cage um it's cool to see him do a role that's like acting you know like he's not doing nick cage he's acting you know like like a mm-hmm. like a, a regular movie role um so that's pretty cool you know it, it's I'm good to that. see our guy like because I truly believe he he loves the craft of acting from from the interviews he's granted uh, it seems like he truly loves what he does and is passionate about it and uh i'm glad to see him to get to do a little bit more of that you know um so definitely worth checking out but not something to write home about i'd say um and i, ho- I hope ahead. i tell you i hope i tell you how it is when it'd be nice if it came to netflix though i'm yeah. on netflix you know what they do have is burning which... Ooh we might mention later just saying um all right finish out your list what do you got uh my last one was uh another nicholas cage film uh that i watched on 1723 to honor the birth of our king nicholas cage 1724 um, oh, fuck i put that in my log wrong current Shit. events baby current of, uh, fuck <laughs> <laughs> I watched Guarding Tess uh, for his 60th birthday. For my 60th birthday in the dementia ward. (laughs) 
Also starring who? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, the Apartments, Shirley MacLaine. So mm-hmm. uh, I was interested in uh, seeing this specifically for this episode. Um, it's a very 90s movie. Uh, it's It certainly has a tone problem. I'll give it that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it certainly has... It doesn't really know what it wants to be. The premise is that Nick Cage is a Secret Service agent, but he is assigned to guard a former president's widow, um, and she basically uses him as a butler slash maid, um, and he hates it so much, and it's so much fun. Um, and then she gets fucking kidnapped. <laughs> All right, that's and less the movie fun. Just gets gets super serious, and it's never lighthearted again and it's really late in the movie for the tone change <laughs> and um but uh man dude shirley mclean uh I, I think the apartment in this are the only things i've seen her in and uh, apparently she's a very prolific actor that i should have seen a lot more of um i really dug her performance in guarding tests like damn she's good she's just she's as good as hell um very very uh very classic classic actress i would say she's awesome so that's my what i've been watching uh this has gone on kind of long i did have a bit about how regrets deconstructed gender in this episode i watched but why don't we just skip it (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh shirley mclean and a lot of stuff did you see bernie she was in that oh is she i love oh my god she is in bernie that's there you go there you go brother you did see blown yeah oh yeah and you Mm. loved her Loved her and Bernie, yeah. There you go, at a boy. Cannonball Run too, interesting. All right, let's uh, let's get on to let's get on to business here. This might be a little bit of a shorter discussion because we had other things to talk about, catch up mm-hmm. on that sort of thing. Uh, but we're going to talk about the apartment. Our runner-up for the poll, the apartment is a movie that released in 1960. On you can watch this movie on. MGM Plus, whatever the fuck that is, uh, or you can watch it on like Pluto TV. I think Tubi has it. I went with the Pluto TV route. Tubi felt the need to ask me to create a login to watch the movie, and I said goodbye to Tubi. So <laughs> Pluto Nash TV, it was. So uh, I'll. Cut. I heard that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Why did that come into my brain? I never saw I that. I saw that so... shit in the theater. You, fucking, you think my therapist didn't hear about that? <laughs> Good lord. All right, let's uh, bounce back with our Critica review of the week. I did have to venture out to um, to Letterboxd for a review of the week because Critica, all the reviews were way too earnest, and we got enough of that with Ernest Scare Stupid, so... <laughs> <laughs> Critic Review of the Week brought to you by Letterboxd. This is a no-rating review from K. Austin Collins. I'm not sure how you can put it in without a rating. But uh, the review simply states, Buddy Boy Needs a Union. (laughs) Buddy Boy Howdy. Ah, bravo. All right, I'll uh, give a little summary for the apartment for you. I haven't done this in a while. I usually toss it off to you, and then I'm like, Denny, stop describing the every scene one by one. Uh, <laughs> the apartment is about a like a middle management guy working in his office. 
All he's trying to do is get promoted, cr climb the corporate ladder a little bit, but he's been kind of, he's a little bit of a pushover, and he's been slowly over time forced into the situation where his apartment is the rendezvous point for a lot of his bosses to hook up with their mistresses, things of that nature. He's got him on a rotation, on a schedule. There's one key to his apartment. All his neighbors think, wow, this guy's just kicking it off with ladies every night, sometimes multiple times a night. Disgusting. But also cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> the landlady's sick of him. Nobody knows what's going on with him. They're tired of his lies, if he, but he can't rat out his bosses. He starts getting promotions, but also is feeling a little bit something for the uh, the elevator girl because that used to be a job at one point uh for a woman to push the buttons on an elevator with a white glove and say this is the floor we're on and you would that leave the elevator men could be trusted to press buttons we've come a long <laughs> way in our gender equality yeah well men would just go i'm gonna push all of them uh, <laughs> <laughs> they had to restrain the men <laughs> the early elevators because they were too excited about the buttons <laughs> As a symbol of power, I'm going to push all of the buttons, see? <laughs> yeah. Alpha Sigma. <laughs> <laughs> Finance bro TikToks. Here's what you're going to do. If you're only making $50,000 a year, you need to get in the elevator. Next time you're at work, get in the elevator, push all the buttons. Tell me you're not coming home making 100 k a year. <laughs> Sign me up for Finance Bro TikTok. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. Got the hot tips. Look out, Dave Ramsey. Uh, here comes me. So, yeah, there's... Spoilers for the apartment. The Basically, the head honcho over our, uh, our lovely guy. What's... Hold on. What's our main character's name? This is Buddy my boy. problem. Buddy boy. Buddy boy. <laughs> His big time boss getting him the big promotion immediately under it underneath him. He's been having a long standing affair with said elevator girl played by Shirley MacLaine. Damn, a little bit of a triangle here. Conflict abound. What are they gonna do? Is he gonna stand up for himself? Keep yielding the apartment to his scummy bosses, or is he going to make a life of his own with some integrity left intact? Probably. So, Denny, what's your relationship with the apartment? You seem kind of eager to put this one on the pole. Yeah, it's just one of those, uh, <clears throat> how have I not seen this as, like, a, a film buff movie? You know, like, uh, I've known it's really good for a long time, and honestly, when I was putting polls together and looking for stills from the movie, I was like, ooh, I didn't know this was, like, a cinematography movie. <laughs> I want to see this now. So, uh, yeah. Um, what I didn't know was that it was uh, also directed by Billy Wilder, um, who directed uh, Sunset Boulevard, uh, that we also did in this theme. Um, yeah. So, hey, this, that was cool. This, this one, one of our oldest so far that we've covered, Best Picture Winners. How about that? Oh, hey now. That's cool. Oh, I thought you knew that. So I didn't. I didn't. Um uh it won best picture, best actor for Jack Lemon, uh best actress for Shirley McLean, best actor actor in a supporting role for Jack Crucian, and best director for uh Mr. Billy Wilder. So there you go. Well, yeah, that's my wait, whole wait. relationship with it. It honestly. also won a lot more cinematography, etc cool <laughs> so there's there's more but i'm not reading all that so yeah film buff who loves old shit 
you know, couldn't couldn't wait to find a reason to watch it. What about you, Greg? What's your relationship with it? Uh, I thought it was a lot more obscure than it actually was. I'm not going to lie. I <laughs> I don't know a lot about older movies, and I blame my parents, I guess. So I didn't know this was a Best Picture winner. Uh, apparently neither did Denny. And I hadn't really heard about it. I recognized Shirley MacLaine, of course, but I didn't really know anything past that. And... When you mentioned it for the poll, it was like, I think I kind of recognize that this exists, but I can't really like place any part of this in any memory I have. So this is a pretty new experience for me altogether. Sweet. That's it. Sweet. Um, well, something that was cool, and uh, part of the reason we continued our hiatus um, was... Uh, whoop, just <laughs> burped up my nose and it burnt. <sighs> Sorry. Ouchies. Ouchies. So I'm drinking a Diet Coke over here. <laughs> Slow down on your Diet Coke, Denny. <laughs> but yeah, How old are um, we? 33. Uh-oh. Stew Pickles age. Um, oh, good to know. Sorry, an alarm just went off on my phone. I'm very distractible. Um, <laughs> yes, he so, is, folks. Hit me with a note, please. I, I had the opportunity to see this on New Year's Eve at Alamo Draft House, which was uh, you know, quite coincidental. That's not why we uh, chose it when we did. So, um, yeah, I got to see it in theaters. That was pretty neat. Was it a pretty good size audience? Or yeah, yeah, it was actually. Um, yeah, and it was. Uh, it wasn't at like a busy time. I think it was like a Sunday afternoon, if I remember correctly. Um, and. Uh, yeah, but it was a pretty packed theater. Uh, you know, not like hanging from the rafters, but there was a big crowd there. I was I was surprised. I hope so, considering there's no rafters. Um, <laughs> That's wrestling terms. Sorry. Ah, uh, huh. How oh, big was man. the audience? They were hanging from the rafters. Sold out, I tell you. <laughs> Sold out show and then some. Oh, man. I gotta keep doing that accent. But yeah, I, I thought this was really good. I, I think... Going through the critic reviews, there are some mixed, but I feel like the general consensus was this is a masterpiece for a lot of different reasons. Um, cinematography, the screenplays especially, a lot of the performances were really good. Uh, I mean, is there any place you want to start in particular? Yeah, um, I'll say like part of my uh, justification, my stance is that this is a masterpiece. Um, and, and a big part of that is uh, how punk rock the subject matter is. Um, in, in 1960, you know, um, to portray such a, uh, a critical relationship of, like, America's relationship with work and capitalism um, and... Uh, Sexual that, harassment. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, that was not in vogue, you know. Like, it's honestly still kind of controversial to critique... Uh, you know, the ways we get exploited this accurately. Um, there's a lot of people that would take offense to uh, to the apartment, uh, I would say even today. And um, it's so weird that this is like boomer media. And so it's like, it's not like they weren't exposed to these thoughts, you know? Like how did, <laughs> like if they rejected them, it's, but I, I was interested in that, but it was also, it very much reminded me of, uh, you know kind of the 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 metaphor of vampires you know like it's they're it's they're always fancy they'll drink your blood uh 
they're saying beware of the aristocracy you know like these are parasites they they drink the blood of commoners uh they may look pristine and and elegant but they will drink your blood and uh this this reminded me of that you know like beware of your bosses um you know they 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 may be who you aspire to be but like they will drink your fucking blood is what this movie was trying to say um Mm -hmm. and man dude i thought that was badass as shit what about you i thought it was for sure It, it seemed to like really be grabbing something you know by the face something that you know it should be attacked and with like inappropriate relationships in the office like means of advancement by like people pleasing like the the social politics of the workplace but also the how do i put this like disrespect for the female gender as a huge part of that i guess i would say yeah and not just like aggressively critiquing it but like actively making fun of it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like something like this especially for the time you take it more seriously because it is so funny i think in a way it's just like look how much of a clown you are by actually treating people like this Mm -hmm. that kind of thing so yeah that's how i kind of felt about it yeah scathing satire right like Mm -hmm. that's 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 what it comes across as to me um yeah man i um i think this is a really cool movie um man and i i definitely thought there was uh certainly uh you know uh, this bar is obviously low but the the female agency and just like the uh the personhood granted to female characters uh you know that was again still better than a lot of modern movies i would say (laughs) Um, you Mm -hmm. know and uh, you want to compare it to standards of the time uh gosh have you you seen media from this time period have you seen the women in that shit like they like (laughs) broke a generation's brains like yeah this is like the exact opposite with how i felt about sunset boulevard like you Mm -hmm. were talking about the who was she the female lead in that uh norman desmond uh no the uh no not sorry not the lead but the younger love interest character oh i don't know how she was very much just a (laughs) kind of a diss yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i I felt like this was a lot more mature and fleshed out of it of an expiration and character set of characters and i guess performances in general so i'll i'll start praising jack lemon's physical performance here because mm. man oh man like definitely a great emotional performance from her lead who played cc baxter i had to i finally looked up the uh the main character's name you see whose name's cc get the fuck out of here but uh, bud is what he goes by in the movie bud though. buddy boy that's what we call him uh <laughs> <laughs> and i just want i just want to steal his booze man uh <laughs> Yeah, like a fantastic performance because there's it feels like there's so many lines to be delivered throughout this entire movie. Oh yeah, it's kind of it's it's like it's the same thing. Maybe I, I took issue with it with the Iron Claw. There's just like there's so many goddamn words 
in that movie it feels like we're really struggling to get through them all in this one it feels like every single one has a purpose we're delivering delivering them with such rapid pace and then like matching their delivery with like interesting physical performance as well mm-hmm. um i was just having an absolute blast with it the part where he like he's at the uh the theater for uh, the musical that he's going to see with Shirley MacLaine, and he's got he's he's been sick because he's been sleeping outside of his apartment because his bosses are too horned up, and he's got a cold, so he's like walking around New York City with an entire box of tissues in his jacket pocket. Very funny, and just like sniveling his way through like yep. the ensuing scenes. And it, it's like, great. Like, it was so relatable, right? Like, how many times have you been there? Like sick as fuck but going to work because you just can't not you know like that was such like, a relatable scene oh you sound sick anyways i need you to do more than usual <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fine <laughs> you're so sick that you don't care but also like it pains you even more to do it which is, yeah you know yeah extremely relatable you find the main character to be to be very relatable yeah, I do. Um, and I think obviously, you know, like he's a, he's an archetype is what he's meant to be. Um, and I, I think, uh, I think he really works as like a, uh, it's weird. It's like a mix of the everyman and the fool, you know? Um, and it's mm-hmm. basically telling you the everyman that you're the fool in this situation you're in with your work. Um, you know, like is essentially what the character is. I think, um, we're supposed mm-hmm. to kind of be like, <laughs> what a fucking schmuck this guy right and then be like i mean i kind of do that sometimes yeah (laughs) right like that's 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 kind of what the character's supposed to make you feel um and yet despite it all um i think he comes across as very good-hearted um you know and as, as a as a pretty sincere character um definitely someone who at times gets very caught up in the american dream but uh even in those moments, it seems like he's not really being true to himself. You know, he's trying to be mm-hmm. what his bosses act like. But when the moments when he's being himself, you know, he seems he seems very kind and very genuine and uh, just like a very safe person, to be honest. Yeah. And I feel like those aspirations are because that's all he knows. You know, that's yeah. that's look at the environment he's in he's desk what like 257 on the 19th floor there's like he's surrounded constantly by people working and he's just like a single guy in his um unbelievably inexpensive apartment like three blocks from central park or whatever the fuck i'm so mad at this movie uh 85 dollars a month get the fuck out of here anyways (laughs) it's disgusting um oh, man what a time where was i going i forget <laughs> i think uh we we got caught up in a scathing critique of capitalism like they wanted us to oopsie doopsies <laughs> just not in the not in the way that you intended you see um yeah i don't know man it's it's one of those things where we've discussed it multiple times before just like being nostalgic for a time period i was not involved with whatsoever i was like yeah, de- yeah. <laughs> decades removed from it but still yeah. like oh if only you know um but you know those things come with a price for example the only black person with lines in this movie was shining shoes so yeah. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. 
oopsie doopsies maybe everything wasn't so grand i guess so yeah yeah you know this is a it just it reminds me that like uh you know the the media was made by and for uh the the privileged class that i mean you and i are definitely a part of you know but like it's just <laughs> it's just often made me think of like when we say media is a reflection of a society i'm like well it's a reflection of a segment of society <laughs> you know like the, yeah. the segment of it that uh can either buy or make movies um that's that's mm-hmm. who it reflects um so yeah, yeah man, we can you we can relate to a character while also having the contextual vision on things to look at something and say this is wrong for these reasons yeah not that hard it's almost a certainty that uh, every single actor in this movie was extremely racist so we can just (laughs) assume that much and know that it's probably true that's right (sighs) all right the absolute worst um yeah, I think I related to this movie a lot more when it wasn't a total, uh, air quotes, nice guy fantasy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It it felt like it did delve a little bit deep into the nice guys never finish, always finish last or whatever, that kind mm-hmm. of mentality. If you just stick with it and, uh, you know, badger a woman enough, she will fall in love with you. She'll realize yeah. what a great guy you are and fall in love. Yeah. yeah. Not that uh, not that Mr. Baxter is without his charms and that kind of thing, but I feel like it's selling a false, false bill of goods in a few places. Yeah, that was, you know, a man's take on persistence. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, um, I think I've definitely spent some time in my life thinking I was doing something romantic when I was really just... Uh, making a girl have the same hard conversation with me over and over again. <laughs> you know, like that's, <laughs> that's how it plays out in reality. For those who are curious, uh, this is not a, a good instructions manual on dating. Uh, so <laughs> happy anniversary, by the way. Um, oh, thanks man. Uh, <laughs> I know it wasn't her. We've grown. Yeah. Oh, what happened was, was definitely not Vanessa. <laughs> What happened was you turned 19, and we were like, oh, I suck. All right. <laughs> I was, you're giving me a lot of credit there, Greg. We're talking more, you know, 25. 25, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. 33, how old am I now? <laughs> I'm still coming to terms with just how much I suck is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say how old you are, but yeah, I get you. Now that I get. Yeah, I, I'll get some more fun stuff. If yeah, I see now where we got the uh, the inspiration for the performance of Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors. Hope Holiday's character was straight from. This. I see now. All like I could not hear. But Seymour. <laughs> I couldn't not hear that when I watched that character. As as brief as she was in the movie, I'm like. I think that was a reference in that musical there. (laughs) I mean, I I think that they were both meant to be, uh, you know, exaggerations, right? Like, um, oh, yeah. Played for laughs. Uh, They certainly sustain it longer in Little Shop of Horrors. I find it a little bit more annoying there, to be honest. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 
The songs were nice, but... God, I love Little Shop. It's so good. You didn't need to talk like that the whole time. So... <laughs> Um. Yeah, I guess uh, we'll cover a few more of the characters. The bosses were just like comically evil scumbags, but I, I liked the landlady. I liked the neighbors. Like all the all the small characters that just kind of come and go in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I I was a really big fan of uh, the doctor, especially. Like in my expert opinion, as a doctor, I believe I must smack the shit out of this woman. <laughs> <laughs> To cure her, you see. I I thought that was very funny. I liked his neighbors. What can I say? Seemed like a nice apartment. I don't know why he can just tell them the truth sometimes, but also I understand. <sighs> what a little pushover. Didn't have talked too much. What do you got for me? Um. Well, I uh, I think that another Billy Wilder movie I've seen uh, is Some Like It Hot, um, which is uh, you know a little bit more of a romp. Uh, definitely has you know some you know uh, definitely early takes on gender that were you know a little bit controversial for the time um, but it, it's more of a like lighthearted comedy kind of has the spirit of uh, a big musical you know but it's not a musical but kind of has that you know kind of vibe um, anyway I, I feel like uh, that is so different from Sunset Boulevard you know like with its darkness and its cynicism and its smaller mm -hmm. cast of characters they seem like such different directors um i, I honestly was kind of surprised to find out billy wilder did them both yeah but then i see the apartment and i see that it's like kind of the bridge between the two and like understanding his style i feel like um, nice. it definitely has uh it has the like yowza wowza talking picture show you know um of course stuff, but it also has some like uh some real cynicism and darkness to it um and uh yeah i like the way they balance it do you think and not to get off the the topic of like uh what am i trying to say <laughs> um themes and you know cultural uh message and that kind of thing but do you think do you feel like visually you kind of got a thread of identity carried through all of his movies that you just mentioned or that we've already kind of talked about this far i mean you know frankly i'd say visually they're all very different um you know the thread is really great cinematography um but like i i really it, feel okay. that uh that it shows up differently in each movie um you know nice. like um, like this is the only one where um, <clears throat> you know visually it's fantastical um, you know like it's it's an unreality at times um, and um, you know visually some like it hot I appreciate like how much they were able to juggle in the scenes you know like there's so much movement and so much dialogue and just so much everything's being tossed yes. around you know um but it's not like uh it's not like you know the dark shadows and you know stuff that i tend to really like about really great cinematography and then sunset boulevard is that noir dark shadow stuff that i love about great cinematography um yeah so yeah i think for gimmicks i was looking for shots like that but i wasn't really getting it i feel like it's more of a and like while you're talking i kind of realized it's just kind of the what what are you shooting what movie are you making and this is such a like snappy dialogue kind of movie that we don't need to be so invested in the scenery and contrast and that kind of thing we need to be like fully drawn into the characters and hanging on every word they say so how do you shoot the movie to achieve that and i think they did it successfully 
So I, like I mentioned, I think I've a few times now I've been. I mentioned I was watching a different um, Kurosawa movie mm-hmm. from like wildly different eras, different types of movies. You know, like contemporary ones with the samurai movies, different aspect ratios, that kind of thing. And like, I was so impressed by his ability to adapt as a filmmaker to what he needed to make and how he's shooting it and seemingly completely changing his maybe not completely but like changing his visual style to match the both the technology and the the subject matter or like the desired tone of what he's making <laughs> and i guess i didn't really think about applying that here so that's pretty interesting i think of course kurosawa did it expertly and I think I need to think a little bit more about uh, Mr. Wilder's movies here. Maybe just watch a couple more of them. Kind of see if that that thought process kind of carries through for me. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. yeah. Those are the only three I've seen. Um, and they're all great for really different reasons. So I would be absolutely down to watch more Billy Wilder. Um, if we ever want to do a directorial theme, but only cover his lesser known work, because um, we've pretty much hit the big ones. <laughs> so. That's right. And I think we've tossed around the idea of a Kurosawa theme, but uh, oh, more on that, that's, yeah, that's maybe later. Yeah. That's good. That's just, that's just how it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, man. This is a, again, current events podcast. How do you feel about this one as both a Christmas movie? And a New Year's movie. Um, well, I would say um, it's neither a Christmas movie nor a New Year's movie. It's a movie that has Christmas and New Year's in it. Um, kind of like, uh, kind of like Harry Potter when people are like, "Is it a Halloween or Christmas movie?" I'm like, neither. <laughs> like it's just they. It has both. It's, it's when do you like to watch it? Christmas movie. You know, yeah. like. <laughs> um... <laughs> uh, excellent point. Thank you. <laughs> terminator 2 pilled up in this bitch uh, mm-hmm. but, um yeah i don't know what was i saying i don't know <laughs> it's whenever you want to watch it it's not that it's not a holiday movie specifically i guess oh no yeah new year's christmas yeah um i did appreciate um the focus on new year's though that's not something you see a lot you know i, I think remember like iconic new year scenes in forrest gump and forrest gump you know yeah. so um that was just kind of cool to see a little bit more of uh, new year's is always a holiday that i thought was cool it's briefly explored or uh, briefly shown in the movie elf so mm. there you go they sing that song blonde zoe de chanel sings that song you sang at the beginning of the episode all right. Well, Denny, we have a lot to do. We've been talking a while. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we hit the gimmicks or what? Um, no, I mean, I didn't really have. Um, <laughs> I did know that this was a best picture because it's in my fucking notes. I guess I just forgot. Um, I watched <laughs> yes, it in you theater, did. so I didn't really have a lot of notes. Um, but I did uh, make a note because I looked up some trivia, so I'd have something to talk about. But it turns out we were fine. But it was uh, the last black and white movie to win Best Picture until mm. until 2011's The Artist. But I think we all agree that that oh. doesn't count. That doesn't count. You're this telling was... me that wasn't as good as The Apartment? I don't 
care about it. I've never seen it. It is a self-indulgent film nerd. Dial it the fuck back, guys. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Yeah, but I thought it was uh, apropos that we're ending on it for the theme. The last black and white movie to win Best Picture. That's really cool. Yeah, I guess I, I didn't realize it. Thank you for bringing it up. That's that's really cool. I I would have thought for sure that we would have had at least like a few more. I saw the uh, the cinematography um, category was black and white, so it, there were different categories for uh, an Oscar for color cinematography and black and white cinematography. This one won the black and white cinematography category, and. The artist beat out Best Picture for The Descendants, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, <laughs> The Help, Hugo, Midnight in Paris, Moneyball, The Tree of Life, and Warhorse. I gotta tell you, Moneyball is the best picture there. My I haven't God. seen many of them, but uh, even though The Descendants isn't actually all that great, Jim Rash wrote it, so it should have won. Therefore, I think it won like best screenplay. <laughs> I, I think it did win, yeah, for best screenplay. And I, I don't know. <laughs> I love Jim Rash, and I love that he has an Oscar. <laughs> Atta boy, <laughs> Dean Pelton, ladies and gentlemen. That man, you can point to any episode of Community and just point at that man and say he has an Oscar. It's so great. That's all you need. Um, but yeah. That's great, man. I I think I'm all set on the apartment. Sorry for the short discussion on that one, folks. I, I kind of wanted to spend a little bit more t- time talking about the Iron Claw and other current events. Honestly, with, I uh, saw it like two weeks ago. My good ago, pal, Denny. You know? Like... <laughs> uh, but it's a good movie. I think Denny and I were both happy to talk about it and at least have a platform to talk about that. The year in general, uh, the other movies we liked lately, and the black and white theme as a whole. As we look to the future. So, hell yeah. The apartment, Denny. Now, I gotta ask you something. Denny, what is your favorite moment of monochrome mastery for the apartment? Uh, kind of to the point of what you were saying earlier. Um, didn't have some of the same moments you would think of uh, in, in this theme. So I actually had a different mm-hmm. take on it. Um, the scene where they're in uh, the the uh, apparently uh, Asian restaurant that uh, that actually seems more like a tiki bar. You know what I'm talking about? They're there. Yes, a couple of times. I yeah. thought it was a tiki bar. It's a Me Chinese too. restaurant. Whoops. Yep. Um, but um, I, there I, we go again. <laughs> I chose to award it to those scenes because um, they were so dimly lit, but. Um, everything was still clear and in focus and you could see what's going on and Mm -hmm. um that effect is very hard to achieve with that technology um and Mm -hmm. so i I thought that those scenes uh it's not just one you know but those scenes were uh just an example of mastery of the medium uh and i was really impressed uh in i guess in, in a way that i guess you wouldn't typically consider impressive but i was very like damn there's a reason you don't see this type of scene in a lot of movies you know like they they don't go to this type of location often because it's really really hard to shoot like this and uh yeah bravo to the filmmakers yeah if you're just overcompensating with overly focused bright lights it's gonna fuck up the whole thing so Mm -hmm. it's tricky um i went a similar route actually i went with 
Uh, something you mentioned is just like these busy, chaotic scenes. It's something I love in older movies, especially in black and white, are these these scenes that feel very much alive to the point where you're like, you feel like you can see the color in them. So I had like the Christmas party and the New Year's Eve celebration at the Chinese restaurant kind of in the same boat here. Mm-hmm. I just like, I just love it when there's just a hundred extras and there's everything's moving everything's so chaotic and so loud and you feel like you're there it feels like you don't even remember that it is black and white and mm-hmm. yeah I, I just i love scenes like that and this one these the ones in this movie delivered uh in abundance so i i kind of went with those well-attended party scenes very nice great pick great pick hell um, yeah what do you got for favorite line? There's a lot to pick from. Uh, my runner-up is uh, something that I—it's something that I'll tell the guy that I buy magic mushrooms from when he's starting to show me his Gundam models. Shut up and deal. Uh, <laughs> awesome. I, um, I don't—I don't have a shrooms dealer. There's <laughs> uh, <laughs> a joke, see. Uh, but my favorite line was one that I did not understand, and I still don't, but I don't care. That Kubelik boy, would I like to get her on a slow elevator to China? Yeah, I the, had no idea the, what I was like. What does that mean? Clearly a reference to something I'm too young to even be in orbit of. <laughs> Are you telling me this elevator goes through the core of the Earth and straight to China somehow? And what is her being there? How is this... It's Why not would even you sexual. want that to be slow? I'd want it to go as fast as possible. <sighs> Anyways, I like that one a lot. <laughs> <laughs> made no fucking sense. I love the confidence of delivery, though. Like, I was, he says it, and he's like, you know what I mean, buddy boy? Like, no! <laughs> I guess I don't. But I want to seem smart and cool. Uh, you're, you're the boss, sir. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what do you have for favorite lines? Um, you know, I, I again, I saw it in a theater, so I didn't get to make note of them as they came. Um, there, mm-hmm. there were uh, really great ones, but I, uh, I went with one uh, that just stuck with me because I thought it was just really quick and witty. Um, it's uh, just because I wear a uniform doesn't mean I'm a Girl Scout, um, and uh, yeah, it, it was just a great line and uh, very delivered in a very endearing way by Shirley MacLaine and. Uh, it also encapsulated something that I just really loved about this movie and its portrayal of women. And I was just like, you know, she gets to do a lot of jokes. You know, they, they give her a lot of a lot of cool lines. And uh, I've watched a lot of old shit, guys. You know, like the men say the cool lines in this time period. Um, and uh, yeah, they they I, I felt like she got to do a lot of zippy dialogue. And that was that was fun to see. Yeah, absolutely. What about you? Um, Wait, we just did you. Sorry, critic or yeah. score. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what. Uh, that being said, what would you rate this one? Uh, 50 Boom. out of 50, no notes. Oh. A not-so-rare perfect score from Denny Taylor. 50 What do you, what do you mean, not-so-rare? Eh, how many have you given out this year? It's seriously like... One, two, three, four, five... Uh, six. You gave out six this year. You're getting soft, all, Taylor. First of all, 
foistable. I didn't give out six this year. We covered six movies that I've given that rating to this year. And on this podcast, we have okay, a bad but... habit of covering really good movies. Yeah, um, the I will say the Granny Awards that were in the negatives did not get a lot of play this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we went for quality a little too hard this time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'll also say that if you like, and I, again, I'm definitely way more generous with a perfect score than you are, but I've oh, seriously yeah. given it to like 35 out of 1100 movies I've graded. I wouldn't say it's common. Valid, fair, I hear you, I respect you, but not all the way. So, 50 <laughs> out of 50. I love your honesty, Greg. I appreciate that about you. 50 out of 50. Denny, that's what I would give you. But for the movie, I'm going to give it a 37 out of 40. So 9 plus out of nice. 10. I thought it was great. Uh, like you were saying, this snappy dialogue. This, like, It's just a tight little script with funny callbacks that never feel like forced or exaggerated mm-hmm. in any way. It's, it's moving it at like 100 miles an hour, but you're so... It's so easy to keep up with at the mm-hmm. same time. Mm-hmm. I never felt lost, and we ended the movie in an emotional high note with Chekhov's champagne bottle. So, hell yeah. <laughs> really happy about that one. That's uh, pretty dope. That's pretty dope. All right, Denny. We've uh, covered the apartment. We've wrapped up the theme. We've wrapped up the movie. One remaining question, Denny. I totally forgot to until just now even think of an answer for this what is the best movie for when color is overrated between between the apart yeah between the apartment nosferatu sunset boulevard and nebraska Hmm. that was like a month ago that feels like forever ago we covered nebraska yeah wow i've lived a lot of life since then greg that was a whole different Denny back then. Yeah. Uh, I've matured a lot. Um, come to terms with some <laughs> shit since Nebraska. <laughs> but, um, um, you know, even though I gave it a lower score, um, honestly, because of uh, aforementioned uh, secondary relationships and their bubbliness, um, it's something that cuts deeper with me and I think really... Uh, captures the glory of black and white cinematography more so than the apartment and that's sunset boulevard um i'm gonna give it as uh my pick okay. for theme winner even though i'd say uh the apartment uh has it's not even like it's not even like i'd say it's a better movie i'd say it's a movie with i kind of would that one no it's it's with a less fatal flaw i guess you know or okay. with one less fatal flaw is what i would say but I yeah. like I love Sunset Boulevard so much that I can just like fucking ignore that, you know? It just works for me so well. So I don't know. What about yeah, you? I like it. Um, yeah, I don't want you to feel too bad or like uh, out of place for your opinions because I also want to give it to Sunset Boulevard. Nice. I think I have Nebraska in a close second just because I love that movie so much. It's extremely comforting to me. But I think like. You think iconic black and white cinematography. Specifically, I have to go Sunset Boulevard. And it not only looks great, it also feels great to watch. I think it's an extremely engaging movie. 
a lot more interesting in a lot more places. Even though I did give it a lower score, like you were saying, than The Apartment, I think there's something more striking about Sunset Boulevard. So if you're looking for, like, iconic black-and-white filmmaking, take go back ten further years than The Apartment and just stop at Sunset Boulevard. So, we did it! Your pick wins. Wins the, uh... When's the theme? Well done. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Hell yeah for the whole theme. I would say this is uh, one of our best themes we've ever done. I'll say. Yeah, it inspired a lot of uh, other stuff we watched, I will say, between the between the two of us. Now, Denny, uh, last little bit of business before we hang up here. We do have to pick our best picture nominees for the Grannies, but folks, you can vote for You can vote for these Grannies. The poll's going to be up by the time you listen to this. Danny, I'm telling you as well as the audience. This poll will be up by the time this episode releases on Friday. <laughs> um, Wait, what poll? Oh, jeez, Louise. Kidding, kidding. Jeez, Louise. All right. So we're going to be picking four movies apiece. Out of all the movies we covered uh, this past season of Movies for Win. And... I can't remember who picked first last time. Me neither. So I'm going to say let's flip a coin. Cool. I'm going to, in the good words of Anton Chigurh, Denny, I need you to call it. Uh, Heads or tails, bud? What do you got? Heads. Flip a coin. Talking to my phone because of technology. Uh, what did you say, by the way? Heads. Heads. It's heads. Nice. Denny picks first. I get to pick first. It was very unceremonious of my phone. It was just a piece of text with a period that said, <laughs> It's heads. <laughs> like I'm bothering my phone by fucking asking. <laughs> Shut up, dude. Anyways, what do you what do you got for your first overall selection for Best Picture for the upcoming Grenny Awards? Well, I guess since we've been talking about it so much, I'm going to pick Sunset Boulevard. Oh, nicely done. Sunset Boulevard. Very nice. Good choice. Well done. Excellent pick. Um, I'm going to go the much more colorful route. Uh, one of my favorite movies we covered this year. One of my favorite movies ever. I'm going to be picking Alien. Nice. I was hoping As you would. So I wouldn't have to burn a pick on it. <laughs> yeah, you you know what I'm going to do here. Come yeah. on, brother. I, I've yeah. got another one that I'm pretty sure uh, I'll be really shocked if you don't pick it. But I also want to pick it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well understood. What do you got for uh, your second pick? I'm going to go with Show Me the Way to Go Home. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. I had a little drink about an hour ago and it went right to my head. Jaws. Jaws 3D. Jaws 2D. All right. Jaws it is. Some 70s classics we've got going on here. Uh, for my next pick, I've got a lot of good options. We covered a lot fewer movies this year. That's what. That's why we're doing four instead of five each. Um, man, I've got some really good ones. It's going to be really tough to pick. I'm torn between two, but i got to go with my gut. I think it's... It deserves to be a Best Picture nominee because it's also one of my favorite movies ever. I'm going to go Burning. That is now on Netflix. 
please watch it. Jesus Christ, just watch it. It's so good. Then watch it again. Denny, what do you got for your uh, your third pick? Sorry. Okay, how many picks does you, each of us have left right now? We each have four, so you get two more, and you including two this more? one. Okay. Yeah, we each we each have two more. Okay. Um, let me see. I'm gonna go with um... Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Great choice. <laughs> <laughs> um. Hmm. Train to Busan. Train to Busan. Nice. Korean cinema, yeah. Theme getting a lot of, a lot of play here. Train to Busan, great pick. Uh, my next pick. I gotta look at these and decide like, oh man, which I'm worried about some of these not, uh, not getting picked. I would feel really, really sore about a serious man not making it. So I'm picking a serious man <sighs> as my third pick. So what is your fourth and final pick, Denny? First of all, I love A Serious Man so much, and I'm glad you picked it. I, um, I knew one of us was going to. Well, I just couldn't live, my, with, live with myself if you didn't pick the movie that I need you to pick. Um, do we allow crosstalk here? <laughs> or should I we just can pick al- it? Um... I'm kind of torn between two or three here at the end. There's oh, okay. one I was kind then of expecting you to then. pick that you know I'm not going to pick. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I actually don't have another one in mind, but maybe I should. Um, I'm going to go with Ex Machina. Very good. I was, I got to um, a serious man. I saw Ex Machina. I was like, fuck, I don't want to pick that one. <laughs> okay. I, I was actually surprised it wasn't one of your earliest picks. That's what I would have thought, so... It was it was on my four for sure. Is that the one you were kind of expecting me to pick? Yeah, yeah. Um, but honestly, I didn't really have one that I would necessarily put before it, so I'm happy to use it as my last pick. If you're debating a couple, yeah, I've got I've got two more that I've got to pick between. I gave them the same score, and that's yeah, it's not a great tiebreaker for me. I think. These two, and then I think Ex Machina would have been my, the third on my list out of those. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to go with my gut here and pick the wrestler. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> it was between that and Nebraska, <clears throat> and I don't know, man. Something in my gut just says to pick the wrestler. I gave them both 35s out of 40. I just something about the wrestler just is sticking out to me as a granny award for best picture um quality movie so yeah that rounds out the uh that rounds out the draft and we've got sunset boulevard followed by alien then jaws and we've got our uh korean segment with burning and train to busan and then we get a little bit newer with a serious man Ex Machina, and The Wrestler. I'm pretty happy with these picks. Yeah. I don't know who's going to win, but if it's uh, if it's not Alien or Jaws, I'll be a little bit surprised, but pleasantly surprised, because these are all fantastic movies. Mm-hmm. 
Who, do you know who so, won previous years? I don't even... Do we have record of the Grannies, or do we have to go back and listen to the podcast? <laughs> we might have to go back. I, I Last year, everything everything everywhere all at once won last year. Okay, cool. I do I do remember that. I, okay. I've got the Hall of Fame, or uh, Granny Hall of Fame notated, but I don't have the Best Picture winners. Like, I've got I've the old polls, but... I've a lot but... of thought to the Hall of Fame. Me too. I've got uh, two that I'm... I think I'm down to two. Which two? I don't know. We'll have to see. But yeah. This is cool. Man, this is good. I'm excited for next week. Make sure you guys get your responses in. There is a thing on the bottom. It is optional for um, a Q&A session if you want to want us to answer your questions during the award show. Please uh, post anything and everything in there that you can think to ask us and help us fill out the time. It'd be really appreciated. So... <laughs> Thank you guys for another year of listening. Thank you for your patience on these hiatus I. That's the plural of hiatus. And we should have a category for best hiatus in the greenies. <laughs> Was it the sickness one? The moving one? The holidays one? Uh, great question. You know, not that I didn't love didn't love the COVID hiatus, but man, Greg's move. What a hiatus. A, How can the you COVID compete one. with that? The COVID one's a little played out at this point, man. I'm not gonna lie. We've been there. What's new about it? But Greg's move. Wow. Whole new apartment. Who could keep up? Enough about apartments already, Danny. Come on. <laughs> Covered this in spades already. So, hell yeah. Denny, the, for the last pick for, well, this category isn't best picture, but it is best catchphrase. And I've only got one draft pick. I'm picking Denny. Hit me with it. For Greg Work, the award-winning podcaster Johnson, I'm Denny, the other award-winning podcaster Taylor, and this has been the award-winning podcast, Movies for When? We already told you when, but you know what we didn't tell you? What's my cage again?